guys. This is Vicky B from the broadcast, and uh, no Sarah today. Like I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. Instead, I have in their place Danny V returning. Hi, and for the first time ever, Mr. Uncle Chris Walker. Yeah, I had an extra shot of whiskey to get ready for today. It's great. I just had, I just had some Pinot Noir. Okay. <laughs> so on occasion, we do bring the boys in. Uh, Sarah's actually on her way to. New Orleans. Mm. I am very jealous, but I hope she has a good time. So instead, I'm sorry, you get stuck with the boys. Yeah, I, I apologize. Sorry, no? no, I do. I apologize oh. for that too. No, you'll be fine. No, you can probably smell us over the uh, over the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kidding. Like, I, you guys are actually pretty chill when it comes to. You're not like overly crazy masculine, but you're not overly feminine either. I feel like you guys are a hmm. good sample group because I got some ac- actual questions and fun things we're going to talk about today. Um, but Chris, and Sarah usually does this, could you tell us how people can get a hold of us? <clears throat> no problem, Vicky. You can get a hold of us <laughs> on Facebook. Just search for The Broadcast. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, The Broadcast 999. Call or text at 253-778-6029. Or email us at thebroadcast999 at gmail.com. And we actually did get a voicemail. I'm going to save oh. that for when Sarah's here. Uh, however, I will read uh, some text messages we got. All right. Uh, one of them being from uh, Joe in Tacoma says, hey, broadcast, I have a fear of swimming. If I get into a pool when the water gets up to my lower chest, I will start gasping for air, even though my head isn't even wet. I used to love swimming when I was a kid, and my grandma would take me and my brother to public pools. But at some point, something happened that now I'm terrified and I don't know why. And I thought to ask you ladies, is there something that you loved as a kid that now terrifies you or the opposite? Uh, or is there something that terrified you as a kid that you now love as an adult? And so you got, mm-hmm. have, do you guys have anything like that? Like, I I was always like, I loved dogs and stuff. But at some point in high school, I became terrified of big dogs. Like, I didn't want oh. them. Like, I was really scared of them. Now I'm, like, cool. Yeah. But I, I just out of nowhere, I was scared of big dogs. Like, 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 how big of a dog does it take to actually scare you? Like, on um, a scale of Chihuahua to, like, St. Bernard. Oh, like, I mean, St. Bernard's, like, the biggest of dogs. I'm thinking something... Large. Like I think it was even my uh, my high school boyfriend had a boxer, wow. a boxer dog, and that's that not a big dog. No, it's not. It was kind, of, but I'm short, so most dogs uh, feel okay. big to me. Fair enough. Saint Bernards don't scare me. Great Danes scare me. Oh, uh, okay. Because yeah. like at least Saint Bernards, they remind me of Beethoven, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they are also they. <laughs> look but you like don't big care bears. for Marmaduke, is what you're saying? Huh. Oh boy. He doesn't know Marmaduke. I know he doesn't know Marmaduke. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, listening to the broadcast right now, just just a reminder that I've got about. I want to say 10 or 15 years on both of these two people I'm sitting here with. So I apologize in advance if I start making references that nobody here gets and half of you don't get either. Uh, For for you, Vicky, I will be 45 years old this year. What? You do got about 15 years. Mm -hmm. 16 years on us. Well, me. Yeah, Yeah, 15 years on him. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't uh, think you were. I thought you were. I I know I've known your age for a while, but I keep thinking you're 41 or 40. Apparently, and I've had plenty of people on 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 the on, and we're getting way off topic here for eh, a second. It's okay. I've had plenty of people tell me that I I I, um, I I broadcast young. Yes. Like I come across as much younger than I, was I am. Say so 39. thank you. Your personality <laughs> is just there. It is. Very because young. think about this: if if those of you who listen to our actual radio show, BJ and Miggs, uh, Uncle Chris is older than Steve Miggs. That's weird. But by, by a I few don't months. I don't think about that. <laughs> yeah. He's by a few months. I th- I think it's only a few months. I thought he was only like, like forty two. No, no, he's 
He was a little older. Oh, yeah. okay. Never mind. I don't know how Because Rev is, I think, 10 or 11 years older than I am. Right. And I'm t- about to turn 29. We, we have on our show a very interesting set of almost like 10-year jumps. So you've got you've got uh, Joey and Sarah who are, you know, 25, 26. And then... Joe uh, is older Joe's, than Joe's, I am. Joe's 29. Uh, Joe's, I'm sorry. Joe's 29. You're right. You're 26. No. Sarah's uh, 26. I am 28. Right. Joe's 29. Hey, old man. Your, your memory's going. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. But, then, but then we get to Rev, who is in his middle 30s, late 30s. Yeah, he's like 38. About to, or I think he just turned 39. And then Steve and I, who are in our middle 40s, and then BJ, who's in his middle 50s. And I think that's a really interesting sort of stepladder of age of, groups, you right? know? <laughs> and like, in about four years, we're not going to have anybody in their 20s, and it's right? going to be depressing. No. Oh, but to get back to the question. Yes. What are you afraid of? The, the swimming thing, actually, uh, is the same for me, but it will. I can, I can handle being up to my chest before I start getting scared. I can handle swimming around underwater before I get scared, but it will just come up on me very suddenly, and I have to get out of the water, and it's a shark thing. And it's because oh. my mom took me to see Jaws when I was a little kid. And mm. you still haven't, like, no. Gone over it. That's crazy. I, even in a pool, when oh. I, where I know for a fact, well, maybe a fact, that there's no way a shark could get me, I will still get that scared and and just freak out and have to get out of the water. It's interesting because my mom's afraid of any water. Like she gets like really tense and stuff when she gets like halfway through her stomach. And I haven't seen her get into a pool or water since I was like 17. Mm-hmm. And we went to Mexico on a family trip. And we were at a pool, and my dad was, like, walking her through. Like, she was grabbing my dad like she was a cat. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, nope, nope, walking in, couldn't do it. But yeah. you have a fear of something to do with the water, too, Danny, don't you? The way I'm scared of whales. So, But you won't get into the ocean. Well, it's not that I won't get into the ocean. I just have to really turn my mind off. Because if, I'm, if I get in the ocean, all, of, all I'm thinking about is what is under me. And then Same. if I can't touch the, the bottom. So I've gone surfing a few times. And every time, to be fair, every time I've gone to the ocean, I get in the ocean. It's just one of those I have to really not think about anything. It's the same with germs for me. Like... I don't like germs. Who likes germs? You're going to get sick. It, we it, made our piece a long time ago, me and germs. Yeah. yeah. But like like right now, I'm talking into a microphone that many people have talked to, talked into, and they don't clean these things. So as long as I don't think about it, I'm fine. However, if I start thinking about it, I get kind of grossed out. Yeah. like I, I, That's kind of with me, too, in germs. I'm kind of slowly getting better about some things. Like there's still things like I won't touch doorknobs, uh, bathroom doorknobs, for example. I always do the paper thing or I have to like finagle my way around like i'll open the doorknob first then wash my hands i don't know but it, it's a lot of like mental training to kind of get over a fear yeah but do you guys have any fears like as kids though like i mean i've always been afraid of spiders and by the way right now spider season screw this noise oh man i've been doing Not stuff in the backyard and like pressure washing and stuff and to get to the pressure washer i went through so many spider webs yeah. i'm over it no, I, I, I'm not really afraid of spiders. I just really, really hate them. I think it's a really strong distaste, mm. uh, especially if they get on my body. And, and my wife, uh, is, uh, she's really big into uh, uh, protecting animals and, and loving animals and being kind to all animals, including the only other creature on the planet capable of pure evil, which is a spider. So now, <laughs> well, up, up till now, up until I, I uh, moved in with her, I would always kill a spider on sight. Simple. Uh, yeah. Period. End of list. There's no there's no reprieves. There's no maybe this one's a nice spider. Nope, just kill him. That was my thing. Then you saw Charlotte's web. Can't do that anymore. You know what? Charlotte is the smartest spider there ever was. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm saying that know. that is that what changed your mind? 
Not even a little. It was his wife. Uh, was I was going to say, like, the spider from James and the Giant Peach was nice. Also, both made up spiders. Yes. I'm talking about real, <laughs> honest to God spiders. I actually, my rule with spiders, because I am short, I'm like, if I can't reach you, uh-huh. we're good. I'm not going to kill you. Like, and I don't want to kill you because you kill the bugs. So I appreciate you. You go, mm-hmm. you stay in your corner, you kill the bug bros for me. We're cool. You don't have to pay rent. Just stay in the corner. But yeah. the second you get into my reach, you're gone. You have to get the hell out of here. And I actually had that recently. And I was trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. I was driving my car and I had left the, nope. uh, the sunroof roof open. And it was at night. Oh. I left the, uh, the like window cracked on the, on the roof just a little bit because it was hot. Uh-huh. And I have a black car. And I saw this spider crawling on the windshield on the inside. Nope. And so I kind of pseudo parked my car. There was nobody coming. It was on my, my street. And I take an, a piece of paper. And I'm trying to, like, get it out, and it won't. It's fighting the paper. It does not want the paper. It goes exactly. away from the paper. And so I almost get it out. I'm kind of crawling, and it falls into my air vent nope. and hides in there. And I was, it was, went in deep enough to where I could close the air vent, but that car ride was not a fun car ride. Hard pass. But I'm not, I'm not liking this spider <sighs> situation so, at all. It's not so much a fear, just as a distaste. I feel like I have both. Oh, no, I, I don't. I'm not scared of spiders, actually. Right. As long as they're not in my bed. Beyond that, I don't... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had mm-hmm. a big old spider bro just sitting on my pillow once to stare me down. I'm like, seriously, mm-hmm. bitch? No, thank you. Seriously, what? is this how we're doing it? No. Nope. What's a cider, spider bro? Spider bro. It's just memes. Everything a bro. Yeah, oh. everyone's a bro. Okay. You're uh, a bro, I'm a bro. We did get another uh, bro a, ad. Another text message, actually. Oh. It says, hey, girls, new listener here. Thank you, BJ, for freaking out on the main show and telling me about the broadcast on air. So if you guys <laughs> didn't know, Sarah, like somebody had texted in saying, oh, Sarah, you know, all kinds of kinky and dirty, and we, they talk about it on the broadcast, and I don't think they were expecting that when they asked us what we talk about. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, yes, if you guys didn't hear that, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, but it's like, but you in texting to get your opinion on tipping at buffets. I went to a, an oh, Indian yeah. buffet over the weekend, because we've talked about tipping, like yeah. who to tip and who not to. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know how much to tip, so I was stuck with the standard 20%. Please let me know what's your policy on tipping at the buffet, your buddy James. Are we talking buffet where you don't do anything, or are we talking buffet like Sizzler where you have a waiter? Now, now that's that's my point exactly. Yes. This is this is what always comes up when people ask me this question. It's like, well, I let me ask you at the buffet you are at, did you have a server bringing you water, beverages, beverages, bread, your clearing your clearing your plates uh, promptly and uh, and uh, and regularly? Is this how much actual service did you receive? Because you can go to some buffets and they will ignore you the entire time. Yeah. It's you, like you you're there your to thing. serve yourself. Exactly. But if you've got somebody helping you out, yeah, tip them a little something. And 20% is a nice standard. Standard. I mean, I like most people would say 18% is a standard, but I like just round, 20 is such a round number. It's easy to it, the calculate. Math you can do it in your head, you know, or you know what? If you're having trouble, double the tax. Yeah, that too. Simple. Or like, I mean, for every $10, I put two bucks down. Nice. That's mm. an easy peasy way to do it. Yeah. See, I always feel like a jerk face at uh, at a uh, Sizzler because I don't tip. I, I've never been a Sizzler. Is that what? What's the? What? How does that go? At the table. See ellipses. I tip because you pay <laughs> when you walk into when you tip when you walk into Sizzler. You pay for you order at, at a register. I can't see you, Vicky. Yeah, I know you got uh, hiding behind the freaking <clears throat> computer. You know. Anyway, when you. Uh, when you uh, walk into Sizzler, you order your entree or the salad bar, which is okay. the buffet aspect of it, mm-hmm. and then you pay. And I give him my credit card, and then I leave a tip on the credit card. But then you oh. go sit down, you serve yourself your salad, you have a wait- waitress bring you over waters and your entree if you ordered one, and you know check on you 
from time to time. Yeah. But I don't leave a tip on the table for her. I'd like to think that the tips are pulled I hope so. Together. If not, then I'm just a jerk face. Yeah. So if anybody has an answer to that, like in places yeah. like a Sizzler and stuff, when there's servers picking up your plates, is all the, are all the tips pulled? But if Do I'm going to a work Golden... at Sizzler, let us know. Or if you've worked at a buffet like Sizzler. If I go to Golden Corral, I'm not I'm not tipping. You guys don't have Golden Corrals up here. Oh, no, we do up north by okay. where I live. Yeah, and I think there was a Golden Corral in my hometown. Yeah, I'm not tipping at that yeah. because they don't do anything except no. Those those people do do nothing. Yeah, yeah. but I am curious. Like, if any tips are given, does that go to the kitchen staff that oh, are refilling yeah, things? That's what point. I'm not sure. And I mean, it never it could be uncomfortable for like a newbie and be like, hey, uh, what's your tipping policy here? And do you guys tip out the kitchen staff? How does that work? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, sometimes people get weird or whatever. Yeah. But most of the time they should be fine. Be like, oh, well, so this is our policy. We all share our tips or we don't. Another another standard for me, too, is that um, it's if they – I lost it. Oh, if, if <laughs> at a restaurant, if they don't get paid minimum wage – like and that's oh, that's something that you can that find out pretty my easily. Mind. Well, like luckily we live in a state where you have to get paid minimum wage, even if you're a server. Right. Oh, see that's okay. here in this state we're fine. In <sighs> Seattle, it's I think fifteen dollars now. Okay. Wow. Like, like I, this is where I'm a little fuzzy because I was when I worked at the restaurant, it was going to go up to fifteen dollars an hour. Uh, over grad, like it was going to be thirteen and then fifteen over the course of a couple years, mm-hmm. and our restaurant just automatically went to fifteen dollars. Okay, yeah. Seattle's a progressive city. Well, how much yeah. did you guys make for your first job? <laughs> oh, my very first job, like over the table, mm-hmm. seven something. Chris, three and a quarter. Okay, well, what year was this? Yeah, exactly. Five fifteen. <laughs> I'm I'm almost I'm only a couple years old, and Vicky only made five fifteen. Granted, New Mexico has lower well, wait, standards. Wait, different part of what, the country. Yeah. Different part of the country, and what's when, what age did you start working at? Because I didn't start working until I was 17. Oh, well, there you go. 14. Well, F- 15, over the table. 15 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I was always like, I was a nanny and, you know, I'd clean houses and stuff, but that was all paid under the table. Yeah, there was, the, the first job I had was an under the table gig um, slinging pizzas and it was, uh, he, anyway. But once I got started working for like legit companies, mm-hmm. then yeah, you had to be 16 and you could only work such and such. And then by the time I was 18, all bets were off. Yeah. So like full time, money, money, money. Mm-hmm. Bring him in that cash money. Um, he actually did have another part of the text message. He oh. says, okay, so I'm still catching up on the broadcast. So he was basically texting as he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> it's like, I'm listening to the stressing stressing right now. So we, the last podcast we did, we called it stressing because Sarah is freaking out that she has, and you've probably heard this being in the room with her uh, mm. during breaks. Uh, she has a bachelorette party that she has to co set up with a friend. Like mm-hmm. it's a friend's friend. And, she has no idea. She's never been to a bachelorette party. She doesn't know how to get it all. Well, she's been to a bachelorette party, I think, once. Okay. But she's never been the maid of honor. She's never had to do this. Got it. So she <gasps> is, like, freaking out. She's got, and the wedding is in about a year. So okay. this is, all has to happen within this year's time. Got it. Uh, he says, uh, me and my wife's wedding cost $3,000. We had it at a church and we are mem- that we are members of, of, so it was discounted. And we made it potluck, and the groom's party rented their own tuxes. We did buy the bridesmaids' dresses, but the big saver was my wife got a Vera Wang. I hope I spelled that right. You did. Nailed it. Um, dress off of eBay for $150 custom made, and we only what? had to do minor alterations to it, which cost another $150. For a Vera Wang. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that you know this, by the way. School. Oh, yeah. Come on. Well, you know, you... you, you I studied up for this. You studied. You said you're going to be on the broadcast, so I just I just cast yes. a very wide net. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Ask me, ask me, girl stuff. Uh, 
Food was potluck style. Gifts were optional. If you brought food, we did invite, uh, did our invites on Photoshop, then printed them at wa- uh, the Walmart photo booth. Cool. Uh, photographer was a good friend of mine, so he did it for 100 bucks. We spent as little as we could on the wedding, took mm-hmm. all the money we saved, and got a new car to fit our growing family. Nice. And then he sent me a picture of the wedding. And he says he's also a huge fan of Geek Nation. And yes, I've met you guys in studio. And Yay. basically another part of the, uh, he comments again. <laughs> Keep it coming, did, man. We did get your wedding uh, picture. Everyone looks great. He's like, um, sorry, I'm still listening to the stressing episode. And honestly, my wife and I have been married for six years. Hmm. And the only reason we don't have sex every night is that she works 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I work 4 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. Because we also read a study that says what happens to your body when you stop having sex regularly. What happens? Like you, you become get depressed. <laughs> it does affect your relationship. I mean, I would have no idea, but I'm just curious <laughs> what has happened to other people. Oh, hey. Yeah, I'm just good, saying. Good, good on yeah. you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. My uh, wife's hot. She's uh, freaking adorable. Yep. Uh, so the hour we could see each other is spent driving, but we fixed this lack of sex by making it a point to have sex on the weekend while the kids are asleep or occupied long enough for a quickie. Awesome. Um, but that, like, a lot of those things, like, so that was a lot of information that we just got uh, that you guys are catching up on the last podcast. Yeah. But... Have you guys noticed a difference like when you do have a period of not having sex? Do you feel a difference in your life and your personality? I feel like I get a lot more whenever I have my short spurts of not having any. I get real cranky. I get pretty. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's been a hot minute for me. It's, you know, whatevs. Uh, It's what I consider a hot minute. But like, do you guys feel a difference? I I think so, actually. This is is something that. This is something that is has actually been a problem in the past. When I was when I was out of shape, uh, and and guys, I was really really out of shape. For those of you who, are, uh, who listen to the broadcast but don't know uh, much about the regular show or the Geek Nation, I was really really out of shape. I was depressed personally all the time and tired and feeling not that sexy. Yeah. You know, even even my wife, who I adore and love, and who I think is a sexy sexy creature. I would have trouble getting excited about it because I was out of shape. So there was a time where I, where we weren't, mm. all right? And I do. I think that that just kept feeding itself. Like I would get more upset and I would get more depressed and I would get more worn out because we weren't uh, expending the energy in that way and getting that endorphin rush. So um, now that I'm a lot more comfortable with myself and I've, I've lost some weight, I've gained back some of that confidence and realized that it's my job as the husband to make sure my wife's taken care of. We've gotten back on track and it's Yay. been fantastic. So Hooray. I do notice that difference. How about you, Danny? Do you notice, like, whether it's within a relationship or just because you're is single? Like, have you noticed a, a difference in your being? Um, I mean, I feel like that was one of the biggest problems with my my first marriage was that we did never not have sex. Wait, what? We never had sex. Never not had sex. Yeah, no, we did. We did. We never had sex. Oh. And that was one of those things. And it wasn't for any, you know, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just one of those things that we, uh, it kind of went to garbage because we had been together for so long and it got comfortable to the point of where we would only have sex maybe once a month, even less than that. Um, you know, especially, especially after the baby was born. Um, but it wasn't because of the baby being born. It was just, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons that just went on with it. It was like, I noticed that over that period of time, it's like, I started, I didn't ever necessarily feel any, it affected me like my day to day mood, but it, just over the relationship, I was just noticed mm-hmm. being more grumpy and more angry at her because it was like, 
why is everyone else having sex and I'm not having sex? <laughs> yep. I, and it, it was, it, to be honest with you, I talked myself into thinking that that was normal. Like, people just don't have sex. Yeah, after you're married. After you're, Well, not even that, just in relationships. I, I feel like that is such an old kind of view of things because back in the day, we weren't so open with ladies being okay with sex. Like, I'm thinking, like, 1950s, picture this. Sure. You know, you're a 17, 18-year-old gal. You find a guy, you get married, you have the house, and you have your babies. But like you, you were never told it was okay to like explore your sexuality, enjoy, or learn like what things you do like, what things you don't like, fetishes or whatever kinks. Like you're not allowed to. So sex is just a chore. Right. And so when you're done having your babies, you don't have to do it anymore. And back then, it's like, well, I got my wife, and then I got my mistress who'll do the dirty stuff. Bingo. Or the uh, the hooker that'll do dirty stuff. So I feel like that mentality, even though we know when we're more free now. I feel like we kind of still have that stuck in the back of our heads. For sure. And that's why so many people cheat. That's why so many people have mistresses and misters. Is that a thing? Uh, what is it? Uh, Paramore? I don't Would that know. be a good one? I don't know. All right. But you get the research. You know what I'm saying? Is like at that point, that's why so many, because it's like you, and, and then especially when you find somebody who is willing, like you feel like you have such low self esteem. I had low self esteem because I wasn't having sex. Yes. I thought that something like, was wrong, wrong with, with me. What's wrong with you? And- or I was doing it wrong. And then all of a sudden I find somebody who wants to have sex with me three times a day. And it's like, this is awesome. You know, and it's not even necessarily, it's like, I don't want to cheat on my wife. I don't want to cheat on my husband. But when you feel that way, when you've been feeling that way for so long, it just kind of happens. Yeah. And like one of the things that I've uh, also realized, like kind of along the same lines of like um, having that old school mentality, like if you don't like what's going on sexually you got to communicate and if you're not going to be receptive some if your partner's trying to talk to you like what can we do to change things like up I, I want to be more into this and you're not receptive to it then it makes sense that the relationship is going to get strained absolutely and you know some relationships you'll have sex like every single day multiple times a day right at the beginning and yes it will die down because you're appreciating other things besides the sex um so i feel like people get discouraged like we used to have sex a bunch of times a day and now we only do it a couple times a week or we, you know, I'm like, well, like, is it good sex? Like, are you into it? Like, is she mm-hmm. into it? Like, if maybe that's a thing too. I don't know. That's also a really good point because it's interesting if you have sex every day and I don't know if you can attest to this, Chris, but being, a, being a guy, if you have sex literally every day and especially maybe multiple times a day, mm-hmm. it's, it almost is a lot <laughs> no pun intended. More difficult. A lot harder to 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 yeah. really get to like, and it's not as enjoyable. Whereas, like, if you go a couple of days without having, and, and I mean, sex is sex; it's always great. Yeah. But if you go a couple of days and you're anticipating it and you're flirting with each other, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, when that when, build up, man, when it does happen, it's like, oh my gosh, this was the best thing, ever. and it's almost like Fair. the first time again. And mm-hmm. I feel like. Maybe you should take that into consideration of thinking like maybe, okay, maybe we haven't had sex in a couple of days or, the you know, to the texture earlier. Maybe we haven't had sex in a week, but one time that we do have it a week, it's amazing. Yeah, even though it's a quickie, it's like this is ours. I can't wait for it. We're going to have a great time. And it's just like that's awesome. Yeah, let the anticipation take you, man. It's it's, it's fantastic. Uh, This just in, uh, yourdictionary.com says the male equivalent of mistress is manstress. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't care for it. But what? there it is. I'm done with the internet today. <laughs> I love that manstress. Oh my god, that is fantastic. I want to find an excuse to use that more often. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, but uh, going back to uh, the, uh, the texter who did mention that his wedding cost him three thousand yeah. dollars, and this uh, last week on the show we were talking about um, weddings and how expensive. And we've done that many a times uh, on the broadcast too. Like especially last week, we were talking about like what kind of wedding do we actually want? Right. Because it's it, it gets expensive. Like I'm curious. You both have been married. Yes. How much did you guys spend on your weddings? And you had a really cute wedding. I've been to Chris's. I went to oh, Chris's wedding. You. Uh, that I wanted was, to go to Chris's wedding. I wasn't invited. You, you weren't. You didn't know him well, then. No, you hadn't even thought up at that point. Apparently. Wait, which in our world? In our world, I was yeah. gonna say I'm like because uh, you've been yeah. married twice. Correct. Yes. Okay. Correct. I have. Um, the 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 first time we got married, uh, we the first time I got married, we went to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and we had a friend whose father ran a company that all they did was set up the entire wedding for you. It's like mm-hmm. a package deal. Nice. They took care of the DJ. They took care of the food. They took care of the cake. They took care of everything in the venue and, the, and blah 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 blah, all in one big deal. And we paid something like twelve thousand dollars. I mean. For a wedding, I mean, all of that included, that doesn't yeah. seem like a bad price. And uh, we uh, we had her dress handmade uh, by a, a seamstress friend of ours as well, and that didn't cost us, I think, seven hundred. Uh, it was still for a dress, not bad. Not bad. I mean, for your standard average prices, right? For me, I'm like, huh, yeah, that's a lot. Exactly. So this was this was something. I think I think at the end of it all, we got out of there for uh, wait, did I say twelve thousand? Yes, twelve hundred. What? Pardon me. Wow! Yeah, it was twelve hundred for Holy the venue. Crap! Because that was venue food setup. Yeah, uh, we got cake. the friend. We got the friend rate. You Sorry, got a I great... think I said twelve thousand. Yeah, we you got did. An amazing well, deal even twelve thousand dollars seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, actually, you're right. But no, we but got a really, a really good deal. Ridiculous deal! Mm-hmm. Holy crap! I need to be friends with this guy. We had to. We had to put up some family members in hotel rooms in Vegas for a couple of nights, and we uh, wound up paying for the rehearsal dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I think, I think all told, top to bottom for that wedding, we got out of it for a little bit under seven thousand dollars. Damn, yeah. bro! Yeah, and, and my second wedding was even cheaper, <laughs> and quite frankly, way better. It was because uh, yeah. where was it? What is it called again? What, you got it. You got married at? Oh, it was one of the. Uh, it was one of the haunted Seattle underground tour places, mm-hmm. uh, and and just, it had like a chapel in it too. There's a chapel in there, and they the do Seattle all these different Death kind of Museum. events. Yes, not the Seattle. Death oh Museum. no, I it was, that was it was a different one. one. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. A, it's kind of like a weird lobby-ish area. And I'm, I'm totally blanking on the actual name of the thing. I'll do some research uh, once I'm uh, once I'm done uh, rattling this off. For you, you guys, forgot but... your wedding venue, Chris, dude. Do you remember your anniversary? Yes, okay. ten ten four one four. Okay, cool. Okay, I good. did that on purpose. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, did that on purpose. And, it, it worked out that way. Or, I know you guys did a lot of the decorations yourself, but we, the venue itself was the decorations. We did, yeah, yeah, exactly. The venue uh, was great because we're both into you know fairly uh, gothicy, spooky kind of mm-hmm. uh, action like that. So it was a perfect place for us, and we did, um, we we did do. We had a we had a bartender. Mm-hmm. And uh, we paid for all the booze, and we paid for uh, her services to do the bartending. We did all of the favors and the uh, the things ourselves. Um, that that wedding, top to bottom, cost us less than five thousand dollars. Damn. Yeah, we it was because a cool we way. did a lot of it ourselves, and we knew yeah. what we liked, and we weren't doing it for anybody but ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's one and of the was, things that people can get in their heads about. It was a smaller wedding too; like it, it wasn't was. like a, a huge guest list yeah. or anything. I think it I was think exclusive. We had like fifty people, forty people at our wedding. That's yeah. awesome, and it's perfect. It's a perfect size. So yeah, you can do a great wedding that is something that is very meaningful to both you and your spouse if you just make sure that you know that. That's who you're doing it for. Yes. Don't worry about what mom's going to think or what Uncle Johnson is going to think. Uncle well, he's, Johnson? He's only, he's only going to get 
you know, really, really drunk and not care. Right. So he's not going to care after three or Is four really martinis. Is he really even like Uncle Johnson? <laughs> Uncle Johnson can take a short walk wow. off a... Anyway, so just keep that in mind. And and if you have a budget and you go into it knowing what you can afford and then what you uh, can afford to also lose and never see again on one party, then you should be fine. There's no yeah. reason to stress out about a wedding. There's really not. And, and I say that because I'm pretty low stress, but also... Keep that in mind, and it will go a million miles towards say, keeping you even sane. more special. Yeah, like your wedding was exactly. really awesome. Thank you. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, but how was your 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 wedding, Danny? Uh, my wedding was uh, quite extravagant. We got married at Disneyland. Damn. Yeah. However, I don't know how much we spent because that was all of her parents, and she wanted what Lucky. she wanted, and we and at that point they went they they did what she wanted and granted we went the i I will say that i feel like if to have done the same wedding in albuquerque because we got married in disneyland so southern california um if we would have gotten married and we only had 30 people we had um you know it was a menu that we chose whatever but to do that same wedding in albuquerque with all of my family all of her family because everyone would have come the Mm -hmm. great thing about doing a destination wedding is you can do it um, and you only invite, we could only invite 30 people. Yes. So there was only that. Whereas if we were in New Mexico at the zoo where everyone gets married or at the botanical gardens, it would have been a huge 350, 400 uh. people wedding because it would have been, everyone would have shown up. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's where all of the money that we put into the wedding in Disneyland would have gone. And so I had no problem being like, hey, you're not invited, sorry. <laughs> like that's And that's one of the things like Sarah and I were talking about is like for me, I want to do it in a, at a destination and I specifically so I don't have to invite my family or I will invite them, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, I know I'm only giving you three months notice to yeah, get to. Oh, sorry, I can't get the time off. Yeah. Costa Rica, funny story. My friend, uh, one of my best friends, we, we talk about this because she got married and so we, we were girls and we talk about, you know, future weddings. And she texts me and I like to think that she was a little champagne drunk. Mm-hmm. But she texts me the other day. She's like, oh, my God, I'm planning your wedding kind of a vibe. <laughs> I'm just like, she's like, I can't wait for your wedding. I'm like, can we find me a boyfriend first? That'd be great. Yeah. There's a couple of steps in between there that we need to take care of. Because I mentioned I either want it like a tropical hot place or I want it like in like the mountain, like where it's snowy. Very cool. Where it's and. uh She's like, okay, where, what, what, what location would you want for the tropical, and what location would you want for snow? And I'm sitting here like, I don't, I don't know. I make, I, like, again, I don't even have a boyfriend yet. Like, why am I? <sighs> Fine. So I'm sitting there, Pinterest. <laughs> so we were looking at different places, like Leavenworth. I think would be amazing in oh, the snow. Get married in Leavenworth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then uh, we were talking about tropical places like Costa Rica. She's like, you can do it in Mexico or Costa Rica. I'm like, bitch, Mexico. <laughs> Would entail a lot more family than if I do it in Seattle. So, yeah. um, they let you get married at at, uh, at Multnomah Falls down in Oregon. Oh, I don't know. That is gorgeous. My mind thought went to think that you were going to say they let you get down to Mexico, married in Mexico. <laughs> no. I was like, wait, Chris, wow! It's, it's like we did our our honeymoon in Mexico, but I don't think they let you get married. Side note: I know that people at home do not see this, but Danny, you keep turning off your mic, and yeah. I, like, do you do that on purpose? Be- but or do you realize you're doing that? No, I have a cough. And, oh, I, okay. and I keep I keep clearing my throat, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to interrupt you guys while you're talking. I keep thinking that you're doing that because on the morning show we all turn off our mics when we're not talking. Yeah. No, no, no. And I just think oh, it's, it's habit. Yeah. It's just like red light, white light, red I light. Didn't, I don't want to be doing this the whole time. 
<laughs> I, I'm very glad. Thank you. Yikes. I appreciate it. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, this just in, uh, Chris got married at Spooked in Seattle. That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's the Death Museum. No, it, they do have a, uh, a history of murder tour that they do. I don't think it's called the Death Museum, it's man. It's called the Death Museum. It's called Spooked in Seattle. I know where you that's got what married. It said okay. on the, that's uh, what it said on the uh, invitations. I remember that. Did yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, you, what, your invitations were super awesome. You had a, a friend yeah. draw you yeah. and uh, your wife as co- uh, comic book characters. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll take a picture of it uh, if you want me to to get you a picture, like to to link up to this. But yeah, guys, my, my my wedding invitations were about as legit as they come. First of all, the save the date cards we sent out were like old library cards, mm-hmm. so that it was like stamped and it looked like it was <laughs> out it. of the a pocket of a library, uh, a library book. But our our invitations were designed and illustrated by a friend of ours named Blackie Shepard. And he's a comic book artist, and I had him do us up as superhero characters. And he actually, if you guys have seen my uh, me as like death, half death kind of picture, that's the same oh, yeah. artist. That was yeah. that's that's Blackie, that's Blackie too. Shepherd. Yeah. Oh, he is so good. But he he did a, he did up the uh, the front cover of it like the cover of a comic book, and then uh, with the two of us and uh, the ultimate team up, blah 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 blah. And <laughs> then inside it was a picture of us standing at the altar getting married with two, our two favorite comic book characters as like the maid of honor and the uh, best man, and it was. Um, my wife loves Emily the Strange, mm-hmm. and I had Rom Space Night, and it was awesome. <laughs> and 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 I got I got we got so many compliments on those things, and I sent them straight to Black as like, "There's your guy. He did all of that. It's yes. amazing." I mean, it, it, I was just the idea guy. That's the artist over there. Don't don't, <laughs> don't give me credit for that. But yeah, you're right. Those were those were really great. What does my screen say? <sighs> Seattle Spooked Death in Museum. Seattle has launched. Ha, see, Spooked in Seattle, the name of the venue. The name has of the launched, website. Has launched the first death museum in the Pacific Northwest, What's which is where you got married. Called? I got married at Spooked in Seattle no. Ghost Tours, he got where you can have events and other services at Seattle Death Museum, which is put that. on by SpookedInSeattle.com. In fact, if I clicked on Spooked in Seattle Other Services, one of the first things that comes <laughs> up is it's called Shotgun Weddings, which is exactly what I signed up for. Which your wedding married. was real fast. Just, you know. it they like. did. They did. They did a nice, quick job. We had a friend mm-hmm. of ours officiate. Anyway, I could talk about my wedding all day because it was, it was amazing yes. and, and just fantastic. But let's. It was. Move along. Um, we got we got some actual serious stuff we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we talked about on a previous episode of the broadcast was what makes a good kisser. And I was curious mm-hmm. to see what a guy's input was because Sarah and I both discussed that we don't like a whole lot of tongue. We don't want like a tongue just rammed in and swirled around like you're trying to make froth coffee like it's just like a little bit of tongue peeking here and there that's what i think would be like a good just solid kiss Hmm. but i was curious do you guys feel the same way or have what do you have any kissing horror stories i think there's a time for a lot of tongue and that time is your teenage years (laughs) yes what okay let me let me let me finish i'm a tongue kisser that's fair oh i know you are but i'm curious to see how you do it too you too much tongue. I think I, I think there's a very very fine line between being aggressive and using too much tongue. You know what? And mm-hmm. aggressive can be great sometimes. Aggressive is what you want sometimes, but you don't just sit there for a minute and a half, two minutes, just like waggling your tongue around in another person's mouth again. Unless or like you're feeling a teenager. each other's cheeks side to side. Like mm. I remember that was how I thought you were what? supposed to make out. Like you're supposed to like make sure you like touch their cheeks like to swirl your tongue around. No. Yeah. This That's is what happens so when you're weird. twelve. All right, fair enough. Um I didn't I didn't really have anybody who told me about kissing when I was a kid, so I just had to kind of feel out, feel it out literally and yes. uh, and and I'd glean as much as I could from watching movies and TV shows. But I, I think you're right. I think too much tongue is is off putting, but I think zero tongue mm-hmm. doesn't feel intimate enough to me. 
I like see. I like a little bit where you just stick like basically the tip in, just mm-hmm. tease and stuff. Just the tip. Just the tip. Mm-hmm. And just just to get it in there. I had a guy that I was seeing, and he would. He's like, "You don't like making out, do you?" I'm like, "I do. I just don't like it when you shove your entire tongue yeah. in my mouth." And you're he, doing it wrong. I felt like I was uh, just a bad kisser this entire time, and I didn't realize it. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh Jesus!" I've had thing? I've had very multiple bad kisses in my life. One was way too much teeth. It was literally okay, like, what was she doing with her teeth? Okay, yeah. but this was this was in like seventh grade. Fair but enough. it was like it was literally like this, and I know you so can't like, see it, but so it was like basically literally like, putting your teeth chomp, out. Chomp, chomp, ah! Yeah. Like if you're an huh. animal, try, or if you're ah. trying to eat something without staining ah. your lipstick. Were you guys were you guys <laughs> bumping teeth in the mouth? Yes, Ooh. it hurt. Oh. It hurt. It was not good. That, so th- I never made out with her. I had a crush on that girl forever, too. And then mm. I, we finally made out, and it was not a crush well, on her, and then she crushed your teeth. If, mm. you, if you can call it making out. Nope. Uh, another one that I had was in college, and she was kind of like, she did a peck thing. So instead of, there was no tongue involved, but it was like, I would try to be like, like open your mouth, make out with me, stick your tongue in, you know? And it was like. Just that's all the kisses. Yeah, but like no, no. It's just oh, like, like the, smo- they're almost like smooches. Like the yeah. lip, the lip grab. Yeah, and, and but not even a lip grab really. Uh. Like she would just kind of kiss my lips, and and I was just trying, like you would kiss someone on the cheek. Yeah, we were getting down mm-hmm. dirty when this was happening. By mm-hmm. the way, too. and that, that be, was the thing that make that yeah. made me feel like the person didn't want to kiss me or want to exactly. Have sex with me. Yeah, precisely. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. So how much tongue do you use, or and what are your techniques? I don't have any techniques. Like. Okay, so when sometimes guys say that when they're doing a favor to a gal, mm-hmm. stuff that DJ Khalid does not do, right? If you guys have seen that, I I'm I'm, I'm tracking. Go ahead. Um, when they go do that, they recite the alphabet. They spell out the alph- alphabet. Yeah, that's do standard. You, do you do anything? Big capital letters, though. That's yes. Um, do you do anything like that when you're making out? Do you try to spell something out? Do you try to oh. like, hey, like, let me just stick my tongue in and swirl it side to side, kind of like a yang yang, kind of with your tongue? Like, what? Hmm. What are some of your tips, Danny? Yeah, mine is just whatever feels right, and and, and that I mean, because it, it depends on the girl that you're you're with. I I I feel like with my girlfriend now, it's very we're very much in sync in terms of how we make out, and I could be wrong. I mean, she could hate the way I kiss for all I know. <laughs> hmm. But that being said, like, I feel like it's just a little bit of tongue and it's uh it's a give and take thing whereas i've dated a girl before and she was kind of a freak and i started making out with her and she would do this thing where she would move her tongue kind of like a snake like mm-hmm. very like ah like i don't know how to explain it but it was very subtle mo- not like, move her tongue like a snake but move her tongue like a snake moves its tongue i was there gonna go. say that, subtle but important difference I yes. was, it kind of reminded me of like when a, a rattlesnake kind of rattles its tail it's like <laughs> exactly like okay. side to side just like, she would do that in my mouth and it uh, and it really kind of well no it was it was really hot it was nice but oh. i didn't really know how to make out with her because it was just like, do you just let yeah, her do how her do you thing? Do you yeah. like let like yeah step away, move your tongue to the side? Yeah. Like she never complained, huh. and I just tried to do whatever felt right. But it was like I didn't know what to. I and that that was the time that girl that I dated. Uh, she, I that was the time I learned that I'd never had a like any rhyme or reason to the way I kiss. Hmm. I just do what I do. And I mean, I feel like that's terrible. what most people do. Yeah, and and it's hard to it's hard to say that you have a technique because you don't think about it on that level. Because when you're when you're in that moment, when you're actually uh, making out, then you're not like taking notes. I assume. Right. I'm, I don't. So it's hard to say. I think I usually start. I usually start strong uh, with the tongue, and then uh, and then I I back it off, and then uh, and then I'll, I move away from the mouth completely. I'm a I'm uh-huh. a I'm a, I'm a nibbler. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is this is weird because I feel like I've never actually had these conversations. I've had conversations 
to Chris. Yes. I've never had Chris reciprocate That's in this type point. of conversation. Like, yeah. you know a lot about me, Chris, but I, do. I don't think I know, knew all this stuff about you. <laughs> so it's both intriguing and a little weird. Thanks, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you're a very good interviewer, Vicky. Well, thank you. Uh, well, let's go into this other interview question because one of the things that Sarah and I have talked about and I've talked about with my friends is that I'm almost 30. A lot of my friends are almost in their 30s or in their 30s, and they're either divorced or still single and trying to get into the game. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of the guys our age seem to be, you know, divorced themselves, dads, um, or just have a whole mess load of problems, and that's why they're single. There you are. But being both of you having been divorced and then obviously dating afterwards— um, how is that like how long do you wait did you wait until you got back into the dating scene and was it difficult and Danny being you know a parent being a dad you have a kid that you're bringing into a relationship that you, like, how long do you wait till that person meets uh, her just all these different things like because like for me I'm kind of at that age where I'm like I'm gonna end up having to date somebody with a kid if I'm still single in a couple of years and I'm mm. still wanting to do my single thing. and But when I want to actually get into a relationship, that might be a thing I have to do. And I feel that's the same with a lot of my girlfriends. Yeah, does that make you nervous? Kind of. I mean, it's a whole different thing. Like, I mean, you're not only dating this person, you're also, you're, you have an impact on this kid's life at some point. And granted, I believe that you should wait like a year or so before you meet the kid mm -hmm. to make sure that the relationship is going somewhere and also so the kid doesn't get attached if you end up leaving in a month. Now, this is this is, this is is completely apart from the question that you already asked, and I'll get to it in just a second, but that particular situation I feel like is 10 times harder for a guy. Okay. And and, and maybe it's just me and maybe it's just the experience I've had dating women who, who had who have children. Okay. Uh, which, is, which has been, you know, at least a handful. It's, you feel like you're being graded and judged. And like you say, you're, you're dating both people. You absolutely mm -hmm. are. But uh, it, 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 it's, it's like, because I think, I, and I was raised up my entire life uh, thinking, thinking this way. And, and because I was raised by a single mom. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I was old enough to understand what was happening, I was judging like crazy every dude she ever brought <laughs> by the house. So uh, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, just be cool. It's just a kid. You know how to talk to kids? You're a kid yourself. Let's have some fun here. Let's have a good time. But don't have too much fun because then you come off looking like a weirdo. It just eating away at the back of my my mind every time. And, I and feel so bad it's for guys because you can't like because I love hanging out and chatting with kids and mm -hmm. playing. You know, you get their games or coloring and stuff. But when a guy does that, they're automatically viewed as a pervert, which I feel like is a very unfair thing. Uh, just judgment call Fair. right off the bat. Exactly. So I like when I see guys that are like, I love kids. It's like, okay, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I, Unless they have, you know, had a history or anything, I'm not going to assume the worst in them. Oh, well, thank you, Vicky. Yes. I on think behalf it's of men, thank, thank you. you. Yes. Uh, but how's that for you, Danny? You're on the other side of it. You are a parent and you've done the dating scene thing. You know, it's, it's interesting because I want well, something I'm going through right now where it's, you know, I have a new girlfriend and, um, and you've been together for, yeah, it's not that new anymore. It's, yeah. it's been about a year, uh, year more actually. I was gonna say about a year and a half, huh? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those, we, um, well, you asked a lot of questions, but yes. first off, we, <laughs> just whatever comes to mind, we got divorced, we got divorced. Um, and when I moved out here, I was out here for about half a year by myself and uh you know not living just living by myself that was the first time i had really been on my own in quite some time and um i started talking to i started talking to a friend back from new mexico and she was looking up to move to seattle and i said hey we'll come up and visit and she did and we kind of just hit things off to where it was like 
Hey, and and as we all know, Seattle's very expensive. So I said, well, if you can, if you want to move in and help me pay rent, you can, and let's see where this goes. And it did, and it just kind of blossomed from there. It blossomed into a relationship. And that being said, it was like, well, all right, we're just having fun. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're dating. We're we're this is my girlfriend. Yeah, it was very hard to introduce her into this into anyone outside of my friends up here because it was like well we had just been through a divorce what are people going to think how are they going to react my family not even my daughter just my family in general my mom my you know because a lot of people say like take a break after a big relationship and just be Mm -hmm. single is what generally people say sure yeah so about how long did you wait or do you know i i don't even know because i don't i don't know exactly when our relationship like actually (laughs) started to Mm -hmm. a point of where it was like a is like this is this is one hundred percent, and it, and so that 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 being said, for me it was it was a easy transition because we were so far away from the, our family and whatnot. Whereas like you know she kind of just started coming around, hanging out with you guys, and you guys knew oh this is Danny's girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that for me uh, the 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 whole kid thing is is very interesting because I feel like she could be something where we're going to be together for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And there's a potential for a future. Right. And it's hard for me to say like, or, but it's, I still also feel a lot of guilt towards my daughter being able to be like, Hey, this is daddy's new girlfriend. This is dad. The first off, this is daddy's friend. Then this is daddy's new girlfriend. And because, because the relationship with my daughter is the most relation or important relationship I have in my life. Mm -hmm. And I, and I recognize that. And I recognize that I'm building a bond with her now that she's only four years old of something that she trusts me completely. And I trust her completely. And I don't want her to have be thrown off by introducing somebody too early and saying, you know, her feeling like, oh, wait, why is this person holding daddy's hand? I'm usually the one, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that that's a thing that's, that could <clears throat> happen. Like, I feel like that was also the case, like, when my uh, aunt got a boyfriend when I was two or three years old. I did not like that my aunt had a boyfriend because I loved my aunt, yeah. and she was only mine. So I used right. to grab his car keys and just push him out the door. Bye, John. Bye, John. I was, like, three. <laughs> it's like, bye, John. No, oh. but that's – and that's the thing is it's like, well, where where's the line? Because there's a certain point where, obviously, you know, my girlfriend now wants to be part of my life. She wants to be part of that, that aspect of my life because that's right. obviously a huge aspect of my life. I'm just not comfortable with it yet. And there's been disagreements of, like, well, when it both between our us and our relationship, between just me and my own head of being like, well, when is the right time? And I don't I don't know the answer when uh, you because you grew up with a single mother, too. Yep. Right. How long did she ever date? Nope. Like that, you know, ever nope. just never never did. And it, it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it, that was her personal decision. She swears she didn't do it for me. I I disagree with that completely. But uh, yeah, she never did. And and uh I was always very a jealous kid, so it was like if she uh, would have brought a man around, okay. I probably would have been in a. I probably would have been like upset. Now, how much older than you uh, is your mother, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, she was thirty-five when I was born. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mother was eighteen when I was born. Yeah, so, so my difference. mother when they got divorced right after I was born, and so my mom dated almost my entire life. In fact, she didn't. She didn't finally get married again until I was eighteen years old. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, because, you know, she hadn't found the right guy and, and different things were happening. But I was fairly judgmental at first, but usually because of the relationship that I had with my mom, I knew she was the smartest person I will ever know in my entire life and that she wouldn't 
be foolish about anything. And if a guy was not awesome, they didn't last. And I was like, okay, I got used to the pattern very quick. Yeah. It's like, okay, this guy has been around for more than a month. All right, there might be something happening here. This guy's gone after a week. Well, nope. And I mean, the way, I mean, this is a very different way, a completely different situation, but I'm curious if if it could fit into it. Like if you had stayed with your ex and you had another child, like your daughter would have gone through that jealousy phase anyways. I knew when my brother was born and when my cousin was born, by the way, I was the first of all my, uh, all the grandkids to be born. So with a year after my, I was born, my cousin was born. Hmm. So she got attention too. And then my brother was born. So like I was not the golden child anymore because there was a bunch of other kids getting spit out. Oh yeah. And so it's like you, with kids, there's always going to be that sort of jealousy, but it is knowing like, when to introduce them and my parents were always very careful with like how they introduced my brother to me um like when they they bought my brother something they would buy me they wanted to keep it even they never wanted any fights to break out even when we were little little so that's i'm wondering if that has any kind of similarity i mean i think it all has to do with with just you being i mean with with going back to the relationship thing of you know how how long after a divorce do you get into a relationship there's no clear answer i mean Am I am I wrong or there? Well, first off, there's no right or wrong. But am I wrong or right for for getting into one like fairly quickly after a long relationship? Eh, no. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I, I know. And that's yet to the be answer seen. Is no. Well, it's what's right for you. Right. Right. And how 100%. long after you got divorced from your first marriage? <sighs> did you? Oh, well, did I was you, at his house the next day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, you were only look at you. like. 18. I mean, I'm trying to make it less weird. Yeah. Anyway, let's not, move on. It's, it's not, not working. It's not working. Um, let's move on. Um. Let's see. Must have been before I actually started dating. And uh, not, but not talking about like sex or random hookups. I'm just yeah. talking about like I want you to be my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Almost two and a half years. Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, in that everyone is different, and so I think it's a very interesting. And was this person that you were with in? Uh, were they a single parent or no? Uh, no, no. This no. one was just a new. When, relationship. I, when I actually started a new relationship, it was uh, almost two and a half years later, and uh, she's my wife now. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't hoard it up in between. Oh, I did. Okay, <laughs> hoard it up. But uh, you asked me about relationships. Yes, I know. But yeah. now I was like, I want to ask, but I don't want to ask. Before, okay, when I started actually getting back out there, uh, it was probably it was almost six months. Okay. And I'm not. I didn't go crazy. I didn't have a lot of hot affairs or anything like that. But I did see a couple of people in between. Right. But I wasn't. I wouldn't call any of them actually my girlfriend. We weren't. I wasn't dating anyone. But um, when I the when I was ready to actually get into a serious relationship with someone. Uh, it turned out to be the woman I got married to. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, and we dated. We dated for um, several years before before we got married. Define several years. Mm-hmm. It was a while. Cause I remember when I met you, you were already dating forever. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. Ten years. It was up three. No, ten. Yeah. Come on. Jeez. My parents actually dated for ten years before they got married. <laughs> I I moved like to. Yeah, I am. I moved to. I moved to Seattle uh, in two thousand and ten. No, two thousand and nine. We were dating. Uh, that July, we got married in 2014. So what's the math on that? Four and a half years? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, about four and a half. Nice. Four and a half years. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought you were with her longer than that. Feels or maybe, like I, maybe Maybe when I first asked you, you jokingly said, or you took forever to propose. That's what it was. I did. I did. I, took, I, I, knew, I knew pretty early on that I was going to get married to this girl, and, um, but I was waiting uh, for the right time. I felt like it was like a year or something. We were trying to plan yeah. different things, different ideas. I do remember that now, yeah. And I was like, I remember one of them, we had the idea of doing like a scavenger hunt mm-hmm. around the city. 
and I don't even know how you and did it. There was it. a time where I was going to put it in one of her uh, copy of her favorite book. I mean, yep. there's a lot going on, and and I, at the end of it all, I kind of just said, what "The heck with it. I'm just going to get down on my knee in the kitchen and Aww. make sure she knows that I'm the happiest nerd in the world. It's all her fault." So you talked, <laughs> you talked, you talked about it with people. Yeah. Yeah, the we proposal? were trying to the proposal. plot it. I did. Yes. Wow. I did a lot of planning. See, I'm just not that open, which is something that I'm learning at Men's Weekend. We go to Men's Weekend. Yes. Or men's do weekend. manly things. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk no, about that on the broadcast. But, yeah, I know, right? No, it's one <laughs> of those special things. special edition of the broadcast. It's one of those things that like, I, I'm learning to be more open with my... Because in that sense, I'm a very typical man where I just kind of shut down mm-hmm. with things. And like, I remember for my marriage, I didn't talk, I didn't tell anyone that I was getting, uh, that I was proposing except for my mom. Because I was going to say, not even your folks, right? She, yeah. Well, just my mom only, but only for one reason. She had to co-sign on the ring that I bought because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford it by myself and they All wouldn't right. give me credit because I didn't have any credit. So she went and I was like, mom, I, I have to have you sign something. And so she did. And she's like, okay. But I was like, don't say anything. And I never told any of my friends. I never, and it was because I just, I wanted it to be when I felt right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, I remember, I think when Rev got engaged, I was the first person I, I knew beforehand. Nice. Because he was not subtle about it around me. Right. And it started off with a... Uh, He's like, yeah, I got to go to the jewelry store after work. And I'm sitting here. I stopped in my tracks and I looked at him like, <laughs> why? That kind of jewelry store? And he's like, yup. Like, and so I got a picture. He texted me a picture of it when he bought it. And when he made the big revelation on air, everyone was mad that I was the only one that got to know beforehand. Revelation. Uh-huh. Revelation. Oh, You're spending there. too much time with Chris. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like if you guys, listeners, male or female, if you've been through a divorce or you're kind of in my situation where you're kind of nearing your 30s and all you see is, you know, guys in the situation, how long do you wait after divorce to uh, start dating? Uh, When do you introduce kids into the picture if there's kids involved? Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to kind of contribute to this for sure, because it's it's an interesting topic. I don't know. Yeah. That was just me. I, I not bad. I figured I found something I connect to with you two because I wasn't about to talk about Good Charlotte today. Oh <laughs> thank goodness! Yes, I hate you both. I know, but uh, thank you guys for joining us on the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Sarah will be here next week. Not she too won't. hungover. She's going to be hungover all next week. I believe it. Yeah, oh yeah. And if not, Sincerely. we're going to make her hungover so we can come hang out again. Very girl. Right. Uh, but thank you guys. Bye.